Today we're, um, we're continuing our series in the temptation story of Jesus for um, the season of Lent. And I'm going to read that story um, to us here. And then we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more together. Because um, you all seem to be enjoying that. Um, today we're looking at the second temptation in particular. But I'll, I'll read um, the, whole, the whole story for us here um, to start. It's found in Luke chapter 4. It says, Jesus returned from the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and afterward Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus replied, it's written, people won't live only by bread. Next, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. Therefore, if you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, since you are God's son, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus answered, it's been said, don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. And this is the word of the Lord. Jesus um, is tempted in very real ways throughout this story and responds um, with scripture. And it's scripture from a story of wilderness and the people of Israel. And for today's temptation that we're looking at, he responds with this, um, this proclamation that you'll, you're only to worship, um, you're to worship the Lord only and serve him alone. Um, and so I got caught on that word worship today. Um, what, uh, what might that word worship um, have, uh, have for us as a body um, as we move through Lent together? And so I wonder, confirmation students, um, people older than confirmation students, people younger, I think I might see. Um, why do you think we come here every week as a body, most weeks as individuals, um, to worship? Why do we worship? And you can't say because Jesus said to in the story of the temptations. Um, I, I guess you can say that. Um, but why, why do we worship? So that's one question you can turn to a neighbor and ask about. Or you can just share what element of worship is especially delightful for you these days. Um, what element of worship brings you, um, brings you joy these days um, in the walk of faith? 
All right? So why do we worship? What element of worship um, is especially delightful for you? Spend just a couple moments sharing in a group of three. No more, because we don't have time for bigger conversations, right? Go for it. <laughs> Who wants to share briefly, bravely and briefly? Why, uh, why do we worship? Why do we come together to worship? Or did you all do the other one? Did you share the element that you appreciated the most these days? <laughs> others why do we gather for worship together it's witness yeah Others, yeah. No, I was just thinking that it's just something that it's going to be easier to worship something no matter what. It's just whether or not it's authentic. Yeah, yeah. You just took my whole sermon, Deborah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, she does. That's right. A lot of people, a lot of you do that a lot whenever I do this. Uh, amen. 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 Anybody else? Why do we worship? Yeah, Misty. Humbling thought. It's an amazing thought. So this whole story, our faith, is based in love, right? Um, the scriptures say that God is love. Um, um, in Luke 3, right before this temptation story, Jesus is baptized to kind of begin his work and ministry. And you all know the story. Um, a dove comes upon him. The Holy Spirit and a voice from heaven says, This is my son, my child, with whom I am well pleased, with whom I love, and uh, with whom I am well pleased. Um, the Common English Bible says that the voice said, You are my son, whom I dearly love, in you I find happiness. Um, um, Augustine in the fifth century. Um, wrote this, and likely many of you have heard this before, um, but he said, you, to God, you have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. And I want us to just think about this real quick um, as we then go back into the story of the temptations. A couple things revealed here. James Smith writes about this a lot. Um, first thing, that human beings are made... By and for God. Um, by and for the Creator. Um, made known in Jesus Christ. Um, and so to be fully human is to find ourselves in union with Christ. Um, and with God. Um, and to be human is to be directed towards something. Um, oriented towards something. And that's something here... Um, 
Augustine says, is God. Secondly, Augustine focuses on this thing called the heart. Now, when we hear the word heart, we'll, we, may, we may in our culture think of like Hallmark cards, right? Or kind of like a sappy, like, like oh, like a heart, when the, you know, it's so nice and everything. But, but I think, well, Jamie Smith suggests that when we think about the word heart, when we're, when we're reading this, we need to move from maybe just up here in our bodies down into like our guts. Like when we think about the word heart, that our heart is restless until it rests in God, is to think about all of those things that we long for, that we love, that we desire. When Jesus in the Gospel of John is starting his group, his work with the disciples, his first question to them is, what do you want? Um, what do you long for? What are the longings within you? Um, and those longings don't rest um, until they rest in God, Augustine suggests. Um, and it's more than just like a curiosity of what we long for, but it's like a hunger. It's like a need. Um, I wonder what those are for you, um, for us. I wonder what they tell us about ourselves. Um, and then thirdly, that because we're loved first by God, that because we're made to love, um, that we'll find rest when our loves are rightly ordered, when our loves are rightly um, directed and shaped. Um, because, like Deborah mentioned, we're going to love something. And the question is, what are we going to direct our longings and our love towards? So the first temptation... Um, Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit. This is something to sit with. Where? To the wilderness. And then in the wilderness, Jesus is led by the devil twice to high places. To see all the kingdoms, to be on the high point of the temple. Um, we might be leery or we're mindful of our elevation in life. Um, and at this high place, Jesus sees all the kingdoms um, in an instant, it said, and is offered them. If what? If he will direct his longings and love towards them. If he'll direct his desires towards all that those kingdoms that he sees offer. We could spend a lot of time wondering about all the things offered in that view um, to Jesus. Likely things that we each individually and together long for um, and would love to be offered. And Jesus responds by saying, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Um, I wonder what he was feeling when he said that. Um, I wonder how confident he was. I wonder um, how quickly it came to his lips. Um, 
Worship loves rightly ordered towards God, the creator. I love that this is like a personal journey for Jesus. I love that, I mean, we know the story, many of us, most of us, that Jesus goes on to do his ministry, to give his life um, so fully to God that God says yes to him in his resurrection from the dead. Um, And yet it begins here in this very personal journey where he is alone in the wilderness. I think sometimes it's tempting to think, you know, if I'm about the right causes, if I'm about the right things, if I'm about, like, what's just and fair in the world, then my personal journeys, my personal decisions, they don't really hold as much weight. They don't really matter as much to God. But yet here you get the sense that if Jesus doesn't complete this very personal time in the wilderness. He, he's not going to be suited for the work that God has for him um, moving forward. I love the personal nature of the start of, of his ministry. Um, Jesus resists this and other temptations. And we're not likely um, to have the same kind of temptations that Jesus did. Um, but we, we know, I think, what the voice of temptation is like. We know what the voices that ask that we direct our loves, our longings towards them are. If we just take a little bit of time to sit and think about it. Um, what in your life asks for your love? Asks for your constant attention? Asks for your time and energy? Um, what, um, what loves Shape your longings for life. And is that where we want our longings to direct us? Because you are what you love. And you worship what you love. You aim your longings there. And James Smith raises the question, we may not worship who we think we worship. The, uh, Warren has the nicest guitars. (laughs) If you didn't know this, Warren has this guitar, which is super nice. Um, And he has an even nicer guitar. Um, there's a whole like article written about this guitar that he he has, and when you play these guitars and they're in tune, I mean, can I borrow this next week? I think I'm leaving music. Yeah, or maybe the other one actually. Um, it's 
Yeah, more than words? Okay, here we go. Listen. I mean, that is nice, right? And when it's in, in tune, things are good. This is, this is terrible. I'm about to do this. But, but if I do that, and then I play that same tune, ooh, it's kind of there. It's pretty bad, actually. Um, but it's only two strings. There's four great ones. Um, Um, it's, it's very similar to our loves. Um, you know it's going there. Um, yeah. It's a rhetorical, uh, rhetorical uh, trick I'm playing. Um, our loves can get out of tune, right? Our longings and what they are can get out of tune very easily, um, with, sometimes without us even realizing it. Um, if you take an air, a, a guitar on an airplane, you will land with a guitar that's out of tune. And you did nothing um, to do that. Or a guitar with broken strings, one of the two. Um, you almost get the sense that in the wilderness here, Jesus' longings are being um, played with are being, um, are in jeopardy of, of being out of tune. And he has to go through this experience um, to prepare himself for what, for what God has ahead. And I think we go through these things too. We have times where we, we're, we're doing things maybe that we think we're supposed to be doing, maybe that we think um, is the right thing to be about. Maybe it's the job we were supposed to get and take. It's, I mean, it was a gift. It was a salary increase and a position increase. Um, maybe it was the new friend group at school. Like we'd always kind of thought these friends were great and we wanted to be around them. And for one reason or another, we began to get to know them and find ourselves hanging out with them. And it seems wonderful and it seems like gift. And then all of a sudden you kind of wake up one day and this job or these friends or this whatever has kind of change the tunes of our loves and our longings. That we're, we're longing for different things than we once longed for. Sometimes that's a normal maturation process. Other times I think we can be out of tune. Uh, in a story like this, um, Jesus, um, when, when tempted and tried, responds by saying, that we're to worship God and serve God alone. Um, and so I think it raises questions for us of what does it mean to worship? Why do we gather here? Um, and what, what Jamie Smith wants to say is that worship is the place where our imagination is formed and shaped. And maybe more importantly, our hearts, our longings are directed, um, redirected maybe, from a week or weeks 
of activities that have just kind of moved them out of tune with what God would have for us, with what the kingdom of God at hand would look like, and us to be a part of that. And so we gather for worship, A, because God created us, and God is God, and has asked us to worship. And then we find that God is pleased with our worship. Um, and we also, I think, find that our longings um, and our desires in this wonderful context of love from a loving creator, um, love of one another, um, get retuned, get recalibrated back um, to the greatness of the kingdom of God that, that we're all invited to participate in. Many of you are artists, um, teachers, um, medical professionals. Um, I don't know if anyone in this room would say, I don't, I don't like being nice to people or I don't want to like do something good in the world. Um, I think that's the heart of a group like this. Um, and if we want to be about what God is calling the world to in the kingdom of God, even in these amazing things that we all do, it's good to come together to be reminded that we are created by a loving God, that we have been deemed um, as the, the human one has, the son of man, Jesus, that we have been deemed um, Worthy of God's pleasure and delight. Um, and that God wants to tune our longings and our loves towards those things that God um, longs for and loves in the world. Um, there's two ships back in 1914. The Nantucket and the Monroe. Are we running out of time already? Oh, no, we're good. And this was just shortly after the Titanic had been um, sunk. And these two ships um, collided in the Atlantic off the coast of Virginia. Um, the Monroe um, rammed by the Nantucket and sank. 41 people died. And the captain of the Nantucket was on trial um, for weeks. But at some point in the trial, the captain of the Monroe was brought and also questioned for hours. Um, his name was Edward Johnson. And it was learned that his compass that he had decided to use was just under two degrees off the normal magnetic compass. And he, he swore that this had worked for him forever, that he had sailed many ships with his compass. In fact, the people in his trade did the same. Um, but this day, this night, 
just a subtle mistune um, changed everything. Um, changed everything. God desires that love become um, like a second nature to God's people. That love become just a way of life. Like first nature stuff is what? Like breathing, right? Um, you, you don't even know that you're breathing. You just do it, right? God's desires that God's people, that love would be of second nature. And that our loves and our longings would be be oriented, no matter what we do with our lives, to God. Um, and so we gather to worship to retune our loves and to learn from one another um, what love is. And there's a couple ways we do this, and Warren has talked to us about this um, a lot. And, and that is that, one, we copy each other. Copying gets a bad rap in school especially. It's probably not good, Joel, to copy your, your friends, you know, homework or whatever. But you probably might learn a lot even. Anyways, no, don't do that. Um, copying gets a bad rap. But, but we gather and we learn how to love by imitating one another. Um, and so right now we're reading prayers of saints. And many churches have saints on kind of the wallpaper of the room, right? And why do they do that? Because we copy them, we imitate them, and we learn the virtue of love. Um, Esther came up to me a few weeks back, and she asked about Caleb's piano playing. And I said, is Esther in here? No, she's not here. Good, we can talk about her. Um, she said, Caleb's playing piano. And I'm like, yeah, he plays piano. And she said, um, was he taking lessons still? And I'm like, well, not really. Um, he, he's watching YouTube videos and just practicing um, at home. That's the other way we learn from one another is we practice. We imitate and we practice. And so he's been just watching these YouTube videos and playing on the piano at home. And for a while there, it was, you know, a sacrifice by some of the rest of us. And now it's amazing. It's just amazing. Um, and I caught wind that now Esther's doing the same thing. <laughs> She's imitating Caleb. She's on YouTube and um, picking up some songs and practicing. Um, and so we gather for worship to be caught and reminded that we're in an environment of love. Um, that our loves might be retuned. And that we might learn from one another um, through imitation and practice what it means to live in love. That love might be second nature in how we treat one another and how we do our jobs and how we raise our kids and how we our friends and how we treat our neighbors um, in, in, in so many, many ways. Um, see if I can do this, Warren. Um, um, 
first. By the Spirit of a living God, who, um, who created us and loves us and is pleased with our worship, um, may our loves and longings um, be retuned, even today, um, towards God's kingdom. Um, may we learn by the Spirit of God, what it means to love as second nature one another. Um, to see um, when our longings are, are tempted to be out of tune. To respond like Christ, our Lord, in the wilderness, remembering that we are to worship the God of love and to serve that God alone. Um, and may our worship each week be a means of God's grace towards that um, with one another and in the places that God sends us. For Lent, we're responding um, out, of, out of our teachings. And um, the first week, uh, like Tiffany mentioned, we invited you to consider just putting your hands up. It's a physical way um, to embody surrender to God. Last week, we talked about anointing, and we're going to have anointing available when we celebrate the Eucharist, if you'd like to be um, anointed. Um, today, um, what I want to do is invite Jonathan and, and the other musicians back, and I just want to invite us to stand. And we're going to pray the prayer of confession together, and we're going to sing a few songs as um, the kids come back in. And then we'll come and celebrate Eucharist with one another. Um, but may we open up our hearts and our lives, our bodies, if we'd like, um, to God's love and God's spirit that is among us. Um, and let's stand and, see, and uh, pray this prayer together. Can you stand with me? Let's pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. We have sinned by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have forgotten that we are your children. Have mercy on us and forgive us. Amen. Fear not, sisters and brothers. God, who is full of grace and abounding in steadfast love, meets us in our sin and transforms us for God's glory and the healing of God's world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, your sins are forgiven. Be now at peace. <laughs>